Hi, nerds. I'm Michael Moore, hosting this podcast for Dissecting Popular IT Nerds. I'm here with Matt Huffman, or Huff, Information Technology Manager at Rinders Incorporated. Welcome to the program, Matt. Hey, thank you for having me. I'm still wondering how I got picked, but it is what it is. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. Actually, um, I got kind of excited when I saw where your work uh, it, because it, I immediately thought, and I know you corrected me that it, it was, uh, I thought rain, it was reindeers, but it only had one E. Uh, so maybe it doesn't, it doesn't have anything to do with reindeers, but to add fuel to the fine, uh, add fuel to the fire, I actually saw that a previous job, uh, you worked at was, uh, Reinhardt, uh, uh, Boner, B- B- Borner and Van Duren. <laughs> I, I, I'm messing up this name like you wouldn't believe. Yeah. Wait, that's two different jobs with rain in the name. So, uh, you want, can understand why I asked. Do you have, have anything to do with reindeers? Nothing with reindeers. Um, I guess if I was going to try to make a joke, I'd say like I like to make it rain. Um, <laughs> I look at IT as when I get into an environment, I rain. So uh, <laughs> a lot of couple a couple things could be put off through there. But yeah, there you go. So you got Reinhardt. there's more. Yes, the, the huff rains here. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, Reinhardt's I, actually a bunch of lawyers, so I don't know if they'd really get a kick out of the, the boner part of that. But <laughs> that was a that was a flub on uh, on my part. But uh, um, you know, you, you you say enough words, you're going to get some wrong. So yeah. um, uh, it's a uh, it's time for our icebreaker segment, and we call this one uh, random access memories. Um, I ask a question, and then you respond with the answer, uh, and to whatever comes to your head first. Very very simple. Uh, okay. Your first question is uh, what's your favorite business app? And you don't, you can, you can answer this if you like a specific app, you can put it on there, or you can just say like uh, a type of app that you want, whatever, uh, which way you want to um, have that. Uh, honestly, first thing that comes to mind to me is my Microsoft to-do. I have it on my tablets, my laptop, my cell phone. Um, I have an, I'm an Android user, so I can throw it down and make it a quick quick button to add something if I need to, something that comes up on the fly. Um, I'm a big to-do list guy. I love checking things off, getting them done. I feel like it was a long time ago. I heard something came out of some school somewhere that said that, you know, people who do to-do lists are more productive than anyone else. And even if you don't finish the list, you still did more than most people do. So to me, I, I love a to-do list. You know, I like this one because emails, I can flag them, throws them right into that to-do list. I can create sub-lists for any of my texts, any projects, any locations, things like that. And um, My wife hates it because I've taken over half our whiteboard with my weekly to-do list and I just go over it and do it every week and um, there's not enough whiteboard for me. So, <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's funny because that's a, um, that is such a uh, good app. I've used it before. Um, uh, you know, I use some other things now, but um, when I used it, I thought it was, uh, I thought it was just fantastic. Uh, um, for for being free or included yeah. in, in part of the Microsoft stuff, it is just such an easy, uh, it's like, it, it's an easy thing to, to use and stuff like that. Um, uh, I got another one for you. Okay. What, uh, what's your preferred channel of communication when reaching out to colleagues? Oh, wow. Um, that's funny because I'll tell my users the same thing. It's like email, call, text, smoke signal, Pony Express, whatever you need to do to get a hold of me. I'm, I'm open to all channels. You know, it's uh, the one thing is, is like, I don't, it's funny, is now that I've kind of moved into management, I don't think I've had a ringer on my phone for five plus years. 
you know, so, you know, if I get an alert on the watch, I'll take a look. If I'm sleeping and I wake up and see something, then I'll respond. But I mean, I'm, I'm pretty much always accessible and yeah. I, yeah, I think that's beneficial and it helped. It's helped me. That no, that's a, um, <laughs> it's a, when you move into management, uh, it's, it's, it's 24 seven in a, uh, um, in a, uh, consul- a consultative way. Right. <laughs> it's, yeah. You know, I mean, I've been around those people that, you know, have been where I've been before me and you can't get a hold of them. And it's just like, you know, it's right. roadblocks. And it's like, there's no reason for that, especially on some of it. Like, you know, you're, you're a young tech and things are just, you think it's a difficult, big decision and it's just a simple answer. And maybe a little guidance and mentorship will come with that. And they don't do that. Whereas I, I don't want to be that. I've seen that. And I try to change that and be different. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, uh, what is the strangest? computer setup you've ever seen oh man it wasn't even when i was in it it was oh i had to be 24 and i was doing furniture installs and we had gone to this condo to an old engineer and there were so many things with this job this one particular job uh this guy had wanted just uh, desks all the way around the whole room, just all connected. And the equipment he bought was this stuff that is like high-end Ikea. I want to say it was called like Jesper or something. So it's piece by piece, but it's really high-end wood. So we bought it, put it all together, and every desk had, uh, I think I think they call them hutches, like the big part that goes over it on the back. Because yeah. I gave him the nickname Bobby Hutches because every desk had it all the way around. Just the whole room <laughs> was filled with them. And he had like one old computer. I don't even know what it was at the time. And he was complaining that he could not get the computer hooked up after we did everything because the power strip that he had would not fit the little gap in the hutch. And I remember going over to him and just turning it sideways and putting it through the hole and just like, (laughs) seriously, the next day he called and he wanted us to come back, take it all down because he decided he wanted to put, I want to say like two inch, not two inch, uh, half inch, thick by maybe two to three feet wide and 12 feet long plexiglass on the floor. So we could roll this across the whole floor. And I was just like, not happening (laughs) back to do that. And uh, that was probably that. And when I worked at Milwaukee County as an intern, we did uh, a bunch of monitor replacements at the zoo. So going in the back of there and seeing a, a monitor that had to be replaced covered with bird poop. Um, oh, exotic bird poop. And then I think uh, when I also was at the county, I did a the same project, but we were replacing monitors in the uh, detention cells. So seeing some of those getting, hearing that they had to drill the base in because inmates were grabbing the monitors and throwing them. Yeah. That was, that was interesting. Too. I mean, uh, the temptation to grab a monitor and throw it sometimes use it when you're in the heated <laughs> moment of IT is is enough. But I can't imagine uh, in the penitentiary, right? <laughs> so, all right. Um, no, I'm actually, uh, you you made it through that. Um, uh, great, uh, great little stories of having those on there. Um, I'm, uh, I'm interested. I've got, I was looking at your, uh, later stuff. You've got so much different types of uh, things that are going on here, and and I was reading about all the different pieces and things that you've done. I mean, it uh, and correct me if I'm wrong. Very much an infrastructure focused 
um, uh, uh, background, right? Yeah. I mean, I kind of started as just an intern in IT. I mean, it's funny, IT for me, I'm not your traditional IT person. Like I grew up in, you know, the 80s and, you know, I, I didn't really have a computer. We had, you know, number munchers and Oregon Trail in school. That was it. Um, <laughs> and I, I didn't know what system it was and couldn't tell you anything. Uh, early 2000s, a buddy of mine gave me a computer, uh, maybe late 90s, sorry, gave me a computer of his and I hooked it up and I had an AOL disk. And I got online and um, thought I wanted to be a movie producer and a writer and a director and ended up uh, getting onto like Kevin, Kevin Smith's chat room or something and was talking to people and someone kept giving me information. And I was like, you know, not here to talk to you, buddy. And <laughs> got a lot of was foul. And a couple of years later, found out that was probably Kevin Smith. Um, <laughs> just because I didn't know what a handle was. It was like he had some handle and, you know, I, did, I had no clue. Um, but yeah, it wasn't until I was in school for, uh, right at the end of school for firefighting, I was in my second to last class and I had to do a ride along with a local ambulance company and my son had just been born and all through class, you know, we saw lots of, you know, horrific videos and everything was fine. It was just nothing with kids. And through the ride along, we had to do just a transport of a, a very young kid to another hospital, the children's hospital here. And, you know, he wasn't worse for wear, but he just couldn't breathe. You could see the, you know, kind of, he was sad. The mother was a little worried. And these guys are, was with, were just trying to get him out of there. Cause they wanted to go to the next car wreck or gang fight. And like, I was just like, Oh my God, what am I going to do? I can't handle this. Like, what am I going to do if I see a kid that's really hurt? Mm-hmm. So yeah. I had to go back to school. And um, the next day was like, Hey, uh, I can't do this. And the, the counselor was like, well, I mean, you're almost done. Do you, you know, the other thing you could do with a firefighting degree is you can inspect buildings. I'm like, that is not something I want to do. <laughs> uh, he said, what do you want to do? And I was like, I don't know. I want to get an office job, you know, something that pays well. And he he brought up computers and, you know, he's like, do you want to do programming, coding, security, networking, uh, you know, all this other stuff. And I'm just like, I have no clue, man. Like, put me in something that does a little bit of everything. And he did. And I, I failed that horribly that first semester. And then um, the second semester, I got an internship my second week into the semester with Milwaukee County. And I was able to utilize everything while I was working and just kind of just put it all together and um, just kind of really flourished. I, I, I enjoy a challenge. I like getting to the root of an issue. I like, you know, definitely I'm a people pleaser. So keeping my users happy and making them you know, making their job easy because, you know, we are a cost center. We don't, you know, provide anything usually. So if I can make it where my end users are happy, they're working really well, the equipment's going real well. I think that, that, that to me is just, it's, it's my strong suit. So. Wow. You know, um, it's, it's interesting how many, um, people, uh, get into it through just, you know, I, I fell into it or I didn't have anything to do. So I pushed, but I found this and I went into this piece. Um, it, it's an interesting piece of uh thing. Like I, you know, in, in my, my, you know, in me, I, I always wanted to do computers ever since I was little. So it's, it's just, it's different, but, um, but I have worked with so many people and heard so many stories, uh, very similar to yours where they either fell in or they were pushed in from some other spot or didn't like what they were doing and just went into this one instead. And just made some amazing 
uh, um, you know, headroads and, and stuff like that. And it's, it's amazing. It's just to see that, you know, you've, you've gone from, you know, uh, going, I'm not going to be a firefighter, uh, or something like that. Instead, I'm going to be a, uh, uh I'm going to just dive into this computers. And now you're, uh, you know, uh, um, uh, IT manager. I mean, that's, that's a, it's a great success story and a great, uh, um, a great thing to show, show for it. Um, um, you know, it's interesting. I used to term people pleaser and I would, um, uh, I, what I would do is I would, uh, um, I would look to try and, uh, change that term a little bit because, um, when you say people pleasing, right, sometimes, uh, individuals may want something, right. And, and, and you had mentioned earlier about the guy who wanted that, uh, you know, uh, to put that uh, thing down to, so he could roll his stuff around. He wanted to come move all the equipment. Well, that really doesn't yeah. make any sense, <laughs> right? So, um, uh, you know, in that case, uh, you know, we definitely want to make end users happy. And the way I, I, I think about making end users happy is um, understanding their needs and giving them their, their needs, which I believe that's what you meant to say uh, by the people pleasing. But sometimes that people pleasing can be thought of as uh, just doing what the end user says. Uh, and that generally doesn't, Please the end user, right? The uh, yeah. um, uh, the the method of making uh, and I and I want to make this correction because I, I I I based on your story, I know that you're the other way around. I know that you uh, actually uh, um, look look and listen to the the user's needs and uh, focus on getting the the needs done the right way, the correct way. Maybe not the way that the user wanted, but the way that it should be done so that they're happy later on. Yeah, and I think. Part of the caveat to that is like, you know, pleasing the right people. But to me also, I guess the people pleasing aspect of it is like, if I've got to drop bad news, I'm going to make it the bad news in a way that they're going to understand it. I'm going to make them feel good about it. I want them, I want my users to feel comfortable because I still remember, you know, back in the firefighting days, you know, I was still working full time too in a warehouse, just, you know, shipping things and pulling and picking orders. But like my first laptop was a Dell laptop that I bought from Dell. I just picked the specs I thought were good. That thing went into a sleeve, into another sleeve, into my backpack. I had no idea what it was. I, I just had to protect this thing, you know? And then a year later, I'm pulling it apart, switch the hard drive, add some RAM. And like, I still remember like how that thing was like just a mystery to me until it wasn't. So like, I, I want my users to feel comfortable with the technology and know. And I think that's part of the pleasing aspect for me. You know, I'm not going to, you know, I just rolled out a, a new lock screen policy and they're not happy, but like, I am just letting them know like, Hey, it's just locking the screen. It doesn't shut down your computer. It doesn't shut down, you know, your applications. Cause you know, you get a couple of people right now that are already like, Oh, you're going to, you know, you're going to ruin things for me. My, I'm going to lose six sales calls. Like if you're losing six calls in a half hour, those calls weren't doing anything anyways, you know, it's just, <laughs> you know and, and just not being scared of someone who their position and their title is. So it's, yeah. I think, I heard it yesterday on another one of the, I was listening to a couple older episodes and um, someone had mentioned something about like, you know, the, I think it was a way to make sales or to, you know, get people comfortable. The first thing was make them smile. And I was like, I love that. That's what I try to do. You know, and then it was the ask the five in-depth questions. And I'm like, yeah, I, I definitely try to get to the root of every issue and the cause. And um, I had one former coworker who we'd be in meetings and it'd be higher level meetings and he would, all, everything would be going great. People had the right ideas. We're going this way. And he would just this ask this question that came out of nowhere. It was just, it felt negative and it was the wrong thing. And 
I asked him afterwards, like, dude, do you really believe that? And he's like, no. And he's like, but if nobody asks the other question and nobody sees it from a different side, are we going to miss something? And I always kind of remembered that. And I was just like, yeah, okay. I, I get it now. Like sometimes you have to be the devil's advocate, be the bad guy. And it's not because you want to be the bad guy, but because you have to see it from the bad guy's point of view and, um, and find that other thing that you might be missing because you're just so blinders on happy to run down that road and, and it's not the right road. Uh, Huff, I'm uh, I'm I'm super happy you brought that up because it is such. <laughs> if anyone that knows me, I am a, a very very positive individual, right? And <laughs> I, uh, um, I I I don't do well at um, you know uh, playing devil's advocate. So I surround myself with a bunch of realists, right? And I <laughs> and I say, listen, I don't care what I say, right? I want you to poke holes in it every which way. Just so that they, just so that I have that uh, those other opinions and stuff like that, um, and 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 it's and you're right. I mean, you have to make sure you do that. I I loved your talk about uh, you know with the end users. I think I you, what you are is uh, uh, you have uh, a great customer focus, customer service focus for the end users, right? Mm. And um, you have good direct communication, right? Those two things allows you to get stuff done without trying to appease an end user and putting in the wrong thing. So I actually think that that is, you know, and, and, and it's evident too, because it just shows you where you, where you got with that, right? Mm-hmm. Providing yeah. good solutions and being clear uh, and concise and, and easy to understand uh, to the end users helps uh, move you forward in your career because it, because it makes your uh, solution successful. And, and I love what you mentioned about the, you know, um, uh, about having someone in the room, just throwing, uh, um, we, uh, we call it affectionately, uh, throwing wrenches, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you ever seen, uh, what is that movie? Uh, dodgeball again, dodge a wrench. Yes. Right? No. And he just throws the wrench. <laughs> and that's what people do. Everyone's like, yeah, this would be a great project. All of a sudden throw a wrench, bam. Right. So, but you need someone in the back to throw wrenches because uh, otherwise, you know, you're going to get that wrench when you go to deploy the solution or you are in the yeah. middle of getting it done and nobody, oh, you don't want that. So, yeah, yeah that's 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 excellent insight into into all this stuff. Um, uh, you know, uh, um, you have uh, uh, people. How many people do you have on your team? Uh, right now, I am um, four to six ish. Okay, so we've got four to six people on your team. I'm really interested, um, and, and I'm, I, you know, I love the IT, but I, I also love the management aspect of IT even more. Because um, if you've managed people, you've managed people, it's always interesting. If you've managed IT folks, right, uh, you know, uh, we're all crazy. So, uh, you know, <laughs> so it's always a fun adventure to manage IT folks. But what do you do to manage and mentor your IT staff that you have? Um, well, I guess right now, the staff that I'm with now, they're all newer to IT. They're, they're kind of more green. Uh, and just kind of at the moment, I do, you know, weekly check-ins. You know, we have our, you know, some of our basic questions, you know, what have you been working on? What are you working on? What do you need help with? What can, you know, what do you want to do? Um, and, and also give them that positive feedback of what I've seen or things that I need them to work on and just let them know that I've always got the open door policy, that whole same thing with the, you know, reach out to me at any time. Um, and just 
lead by example. You know, I, I'm getting to a point where like I, I will dig through the work orders and just be like, this is what I would do. Here's what I do. And just start really showing them things like that. Um, other parts of me that mentor have been, um, I'm really big on the leading by example. Like I, I don't think that I'm too big to go change a mouse battery or to jiggle a monitor cable or something like that. Like if I need to go do that, I'm going to go do that, uh, help an end user and just show them that, you know, there's no hiding in the server room. You know, if you need to go do something, you got to go do it. And it doesn't matter if you're level one, if you're the sysadmin, IT manager, you know, I, I just, to me, it's, it's getting it done and, and handling business, you know, that whole IT brand. And that I, I think of that old cartoon with the, the guy, everything going to crap and the, they're yelling at the IT guy, like, what do we pay you for? And then the other pain, the pain is, everything calm and quiet. And they're like, what are we paying you for? So I just, you know, I, I'd like the second half because then I'm not running around acting all foolish because we've handled everything. And if they're really going to question it, then I should have some stuff in place and um, show them what the, what, how great everything is. So. The, um, uh, uh, the, you know, I asked you about the mentoring uh, because uh, I saw that you actually uh, um, do some coaching. Yeah, I, oof, I do. My daughter's basketball team, her softball team. Um, I've coached my son's school's basketball team. I I help with uh, my former school doing. Um, I won a couple small scholarships, so I get to do some scholarship reviews. So I get to do that. I run a local IT group and kind of really push mentoring through that. I am a Spice buddy at Spice World. So I try to, I'm always trying to help people and push stuff and really try to lead by example and um, back in school again myself now and um, with, you know, school and work and softball and basketball, like it is, it's busy, but no, I, I get joy out of seeing kids when they, you know, especially my kids and, you know, their friends when they, something happens and they, it all comes together for them. And it's just like, that's what I'm trying to show you guys. And just, I remember you know, the limited times I was in team sports, how much that made me feel. And, um, you know, I, I, I like sitting on the side, but at the same time, I'm like, I, I'd rather just coach, you know, I want to be involved in it. And, you know, I'm not trying to live through them and force them into anything, but I am trying to show them, you know, that there is, there is fun into just really putting your best foot forward and, and trying as hard as you can, because that's just the building block for everything else in life. Oh, absolutely. Do you think there's any, um, uh, uh, any connections between the coaching and the uh, mentoring that goes on at uh, your uh, um, at your work there? Um, possibly. I can't say that it isn't just because over time everything starts, you know, I start picking up things from everything I do. I still am out learning now. Like I'm outside of school. I've always listened to podcasts and pick things up. I've always, you know, one of my favorite, most favorite things right now is there's a, a podcast with two to four minutes of just as they call them jewels and it's a ice teas daily game and i just you know <laughs> all these little things and um just listening to that and i picked up a mentor late in my career and he really taught me a lot and then i really started to push and then i, I saw what i got from him and it just kind of accelerated everything else i was doing then i really like i had done a little bit of coaching I had done a little bit of IT, like networking stuff. But once I saw what I was getting out of him and just started really 
wanting to give back. You know, it's just, you know, I felt I got more once I started giving more too. So I just really started to do that more. So, um, great answer. I absolutely love the, uh, um, decent and I got, um, uh, you know, warm heart spot, warm, warm, uh, um, spot in my heart for the, uh, uh, coaching. Um, you know, I, I, in school, I did cross country and was in martial arts and stuff like that. So, um, uh, I, you know, people that take their time out of the way to get that done, especially the teachers and stuff that I had. And then along the way, all the different, uh, um, folks that took time out of their time, a time out of their day to, you know, to mentor me in IT. Um, it's a, you know, it's a good thing to have. And I appreciate the fact that you're, you're working hard, uh, with your, your team to do that and, and, uh, working with your kids and, uh, and other people's kids, you know, and helping them out. That's, that's huge. That's a really good, that's a very, very noble and, uh, um, and and selfless thing to do. So I really appreciate you doing that. Um, the, (laughs) thanks Chucks. Uh, the, um, thing I wanted to, um, talk to you about too is, you know, we, we have, um, I want to dive into this. You've got about, you said four to six people on your team, uh, at yeah. any given time. And, uh, you know, I'm sure there's tons of th- work that they're doing. They all got their to do's and all working on different things. Uh, when they get done working on things, uh, I'm sure they're documenting stuff here, there and everything. Do you have, uh, a, um, a, a, a structure to your documentation? How do you keep it updated? Uh, because, I see this all the time, uh, and I wanted to actually start bringing this question up because it's just it 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 puzzles so many people uh, because it's it's such a it, you know documentation is a journey. It's not a destination. It's a continual like yes. traveling yeah. along the road, and so you can get it up to date, and then it's out of date again, and then you're working on it, and, and then how do you share it? So. Um, I wonder if you had it for our listeners out there. Any um, tips and tricks on documentation? And how to um, you know keep that up to date and, and shared with it within your team? Yeah, um, absolutely. As far as like um, a lot of documentation for me, when when it really kicked in was when I started going through SOC audits, mm-hmm. and I would be um, I was brought in somewhere. I really, and that's when I started my my second half of my IT career of being like the sysadmin and kind of moved that into the IT manager. We were going through a, an audit, and they had nothing nothing in place. So, you know, I, I started Googling things using different documents with the templates. And um, the auditor at the time had given me some feedback on some of the stuff. And what I started to do that first year is I got a lot of stuff in place and it was real remedial. But then I would put a six month reminder out there on Microsoft to do and it would pop back up. And now I could go through there and just start, you know, I had my my tasks as far as like going through ADE or checking software license or you know, running my tabletop exercises. And I would I would start doing those and updating the documents further. And, you know, again, go back out there. Is there a better version of this somewhere? Is someone else doing something that I didn't think of? And taking a look at that and, you know, making little tweaks along the way. And as you said, it's a journey. You know, some of those first cell phone policies were like two, three lines. And then now it's, you know, a page and a half. And you just keep growing it and you just have to keep at it and keep doing it. Um, where I'm at now, we don't have a lot of documentation that is up to date. So that's that's a new thing for me is really getting it, grabbing the old stuff, taking my stuff that I had previously, if I can find you know any templates that I had, and just joining the two, seeing what I can do, and just keep you know it's it's a living document. Every document is living. You know, you put the footer on it, you 
Um, make sure you have it all saved in one location. You know where it's going to go. It's backed up. Uh, I would even take it to a level and, you know, have it ran by the sea levels if it's something that needs to get ran by them. So there's not just all my approval. It's, you know, the, the whole M of N kind of thing and the right people are seeing it. And especially if you want to make any changes and all that, it's, you know, I'm not the, the final word, but I can make some pretty good suggestions. So uh, uh, some documentation is better than none and uh, just keep chipping away at it and mm-hmm. uh, uh, and keep updating it as you go. Uh, um, from that standpoint is pretty much what I'm hearing, yeah. right? Start it with training wheels. And I mean, if you're not under any kind of obligation or any kind of regulatory thing, even if you they're not asking for it, just put it in place, let it grow, you know, yeah. plant that seed and just keep going and keep, keep doing it. You know, I, I did you don't have to keep on constantly at it either. Cause you can set the reminder and look at it in six months or look at it in a year. That's very true. Actually, I did some the other day where I had a document and I, and I was, you know, I'm a pretty decent writer. I can write something pretty quickly. Right. So I wrote up something and I, and it was, and I was in a rush and I was like, you know what, I'm just going to chat GPT this and see what <sighs> happens. And I, that was coming. man, I, I <laughs> that thing was written in like two seconds. <laughs> I was just like, okay, wow. All right. Yeah. Um, I always feel like at this point, um, you know, if, uh, uh, if if you could write up something, even if it just is like garbage, like I mean, just give me the just the data and put it out yeah. in bullet points. Um, uh, you know, you've got your own personal editor uh, sitting right by your side now, uh, um, up on a website where you could just you know pop it. Obviously, the disclaimer here is that you should never put anything sensitive into oh, ChatGPT, no. uh, yeah. right? <laughs> but um, or at any of the other Bard or uh, any of the other ones that uh, that are out right now, but. Uh, um, yeah, that's a, um, I actually, you know, thinking about your strategy that works really well now. Cause I mean, uh, cause now as you chip away and add things to things, you can just say, make this sound professional, bam, put it in there. And then now you've got your own, uh, uh, the updated document. You can have it in five minutes. You yeah. Know, if if chat GPT is not down. <laughs> True. Yeah. I mean, to me though, there's still, there's a part of me that has some pride in being able to do it on my own. And that's just maybe that's oh, me. No doubt. Yeah. The, uh, um, it, it's interesting the the uh, um, tug of war that goes on, and and I know in my head, right? As I as I put the stuff in there, I'm like, I could have written that, but it would have taken me longer. It's <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know, I, I I don't know. That's a good. You might have stumbled on something uh, here that we might want to chat about for a minute. Um, you know, in this day and age. It just seems like things keep going faster and faster and faster and faster, right? Um, There's no slowing down of information and pieces. And the only thing we can do is keep up, right? And that's the struggle with documentation, right? Your stuff changes faster almost than you can document it and and formally put it in there. It always seems like documentation is lagging behind, uh, um, uh, even in, in the quickest sense, a couple days, a couple weeks, a couple months uh, behind, uh, behind the eight ball, you know, trying to, trying to, you know, get this thing up and rocking. Um, and, you know, and then, so you look at, uh, you look at these new tools that they have and uh, yeah, you can get there quicker. The question is, what are we sacrificing? Yeah. I mean, I think of recently one of my classes, I had to create uh, a paper for, uh, you know, it was a humanities class. And the school I go to is online and 
you, when you're done, you have to upload it to an AI system. And depending on how much you cite, you're allowed to have about a 30%, 10 to 30% plagiarism because of, you know, citing and things like that. Mm-hmm. I uploaded mine, it was zero. So, I mean, I, I took pride in that, but then I was also very concerned that, like, did I not do enough right? And, <laughs> um, lo and behold, I actually won a little bit of an excellence award for the paper. So, to me, That's and then awesome. about a week later, the school sends stuff out about chat GPT, and I'm just like, okay, well, hopefully I didn't think I did that. <laughs> so, but, I mean, no, I, I and it didn't really even occur to me to try that and use that when I was doing this paper. Well, and, you know, another disclaimer, right? I don't think that anybody seriously writing papers to be published or to be uh, um, put out there for uh, um, education, you know, as as, submitting education, should really use that as a platform to let something write you or something. I don't think it's the case. Um, I think that, uh, um, you know, spitting your document into ChatGPT and saying, can you identify any errors I have in this is not a bad thing. Right. Um, but, uh, um, you know, tr- you know, having it write it for you, I mean, uh, you know, especially in that kind of thing. No, I wouldn't do that. Um, I-, I look at that case, that should be your editor, right? That should be, it should be your, uh, your, your editor of that document. So I'm, I'm going to write this up now. Show me any glaring inconsistencies that I have that I can, that I, I can clean up. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and to your point, I put something to the chat GPT the other day. And it just responded back to me and said, this is great. Like, I was like, <laughs> I'm like, did I just win chat, uh, chat GPT uh, uh, <laughs> competition? Like, I mean, I don't know if there's any better uh, things. Like, you know, you get, like I said, you get the award for it. And then chat yeah. GPT is like, yeah, 0%. Good job. Right? Yeah. I mean, you're like, yes, I I thought like a computer. Wait a second. <laughs> so, <laughs> No, it's, it's some really interesting things. I'm, we're di- we're in a different world, and and there's a lot of uh, a lot of stuff changing right now. But I absolutely love, and, and I had a um, I had a a, a, um, a manager one day that was talking to me, and and he said he goes, you know, I, I don't need it to be 100 percent accurate. Just pop it in there and make it is you know make it 80 something percent. We'll we'll fix it on the way we go. But at least yeah. it's there, and somebody can start using it. And I was like, yeah, that's the purpose of documentation, right? I mean, yes, mm-hmm. you want it to be accurate as much as you possibly can. But if it's not there, then it's zero. Per, like, there's nothing you can use it for, and it's not helpful. So I like your strategy, you know, little by little. Put it in there. Let's start chipping away at it. Let's, we'll, we'll fix it, you know, as we go and, and get it cleaned up. So oh, that, was a, that was a really, really good one. Um, how does, uh, you know, speaking of... Um, uh, you know, I we talk talk about chat GPT and all its fun little adventures and its recent uh, um, uh, it, uh, exploit, you know, that that happened, its breach. Um, you know, how how do you respond uh, uh, and, and, and tackle security threats within your organization? Yeah. Um, to me, it also goes hand in hand with that, that auditing and SOC background. I take a look at everything now. Through that, I try to identify, you know, based on all the different, you know, things that I've learned and seen, just the different attack vectors. And, you know, it's, it all still comes down to, you know, the meatware. So really getting them learned and taught and um, the importance of it. I think one of the things I like to do is I like to always let the C levels know, like, hey, here was the latest breach, here was the latest breach. And, you know, Seeing their kind, you know, you get the city of Dallas. Oh, that was, you know, while surprising, 
Not surprising because it's a city. It's huge. But then when yeah. you hear like these little small ones, why would they go after them? Well, they didn't go after them. They went after, a, a, you know, an IP, you know, range. That's all we are. We're just an IP range. And if yeah. we can get a foothold, that's when they just keep going. And or if they, you know, find your stuff somewhere or there's something, someone made a, a click. It, it's never anything targeted until it is targeted. So you can't always assume that, you know, security by obscurity. I don't like that. So I, I try to be more paranoid. I try to still keep the business going. I don't want to tighten the screw so much that no one can do anything. Uh, but I definitely try to balance and, and that's where some of the education comes into letting them know why and what, um, surprising them sometimes with what, what can be done that they haven't seen. And I remember it was many moons ago when I was rolling out no before, um, that's not a plug, I guess I could have said, you know, any of the other brands too. Uh, one of the things we did, we, sh- we showed that video that they have of it's on YouTube now, some young lady at DEF CON with a writer calling his phone company and getting his credentials and getting on his account. And it's like, it's, and all she had like a crying baby on YouTube in the background. And it's like, it's just that simple sometimes. You, oh and I've, I've done it myself where I've had to call someone for something, you know, for my wife or something or, for you know a parent who couldn't figure out something or get something and you just talk your way through it and you get access and it's just it, it happens social it's, engineering it's, is 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 so yeah so incredibly scary um and uh and and, and I, was, I saw this article the other day um and to continue on a little bit of a ai piece right um a they asked a artificial intelligence to gain access to a website and the website had a captcha and you know, that's the, for all the viewers here, the captcha is the little piece where you agree that you're not a computer. And then sometimes you're presented with like a a distorted image. You need to put the numbers in and all that type of stuff. So um, it, uh, um, it obviously failed trying to do the captcha, but instead it, um, it reached out to uh, another human and it convinced the human that it was visually impaired. It gave it the captcha. The human uh, solved the captcha for it, and then it turned around and plugged it in and gained access to the website. Wow! <laughs> so, so it's not just humans that are being is socially near is socially engineered by humans. It's now uh, AI also social trying to social engineer humans. Wow! That I, I don't feel so bad. I just had a captcha the other day that kind of threw me off. And it was something, it was like a bunch of dice and it was just like, find the two with the matching faces. And I'm just like, what? Like what? None of them, none of the symbols, nothing matched. And I'm just like, I don't get what it's saying. Like, I it a couple times, And then finally I was like, Oh, now I get what it's trying to tell me. So I think they're purposely going to start making it harder for us too. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, sometimes I feel like when I go to solve those things, I'm like, well, well maybe I am a computer. I don't know. I, uh, I'm not really sure at this moment. <laughs> That's a good way of looking at it. I'd look at it like that. Like, Why I'm can't I solve this? Now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, I, I agree. I, I agree. And it's such a good, a good point. I, I love that you broadcast out the, um, the breaches, uh, you know, to, uh, you know, to your executives. Um, and I, I would just, I broadcast it out to the company, you know, Hey, here's, here's what's happening. Here's what you should be aware of. Here's what you would see. Um, it's such a huge deal. I mean, uh, you spoke of the Dallas one. I mean, it, heck, if, you know, at Dallas, everything in Dallas is huge anyway. So, you know, the breach is going to be right. So, <laughs> so, but I mean, 
it's this is this is happening everywhere and um and it's just going to keep happening and um anybody that's not investing in uh in security right now it's it's you know it shouldn't be a sell at this point it should be like yeah you know you you need to have it i mean you know and and i i frequently see see uh, um organizations that don't even have the most basic uh antivirus and or uh anti malware anti phishing set up they're not phishing their employees and uh providing them with security awareness training um uh, and, and, and this is this is this is common <laughs> still. Oh, I mean, and, I, I I once went and renewed uh, my motorcycle license at a the plates at a local grocery store, and the lady behind the counter didn't know what to do, and left the notebook with all the passwords sitting out in front of me while she went to go talk to somebody, and I was oh. just like, "Wow, okay." <laughs> yep. Yeah. I mean, this is, and, and this, this happens all the time. It, it, yeah. it, it's, you know, I'm busy and, and, and I honestly, I, I see what's happening is the, the workforce is keeps getting busier and busier and busier. We're doing more and more things, trying to get more stuff done with less people, but stuff like that, because you have this continuous workflow of people trying to work faster and faster and faster. What are you going to do? Right. You're going to, you're going to sidestep the normal security procedures that may, might take a little while to, uh, to bet. Oh, I don't want to put multi-factor authentication on because then I have to turn on my phone real quick and type six digits, right? And then, well, later on, what, what what's going to happen if you do that, Huff? You're going to get hacked. Something's going to <laughs> exactly. It's just, it's gonna... That's straight from the Huff right there, guys. You're going to get hacked. You're going to get hacked. Yeah. <laughs> Let's um I want to uh jump to our, our our last segment uh IT crystal ball. Um this is an interesting segment because uh you get to kind of uh daydream a little bit uh about what it would be what it's going to be like a few years from now um in the realm of IT, right? And I I I pose this question a lot to well, I pose this question to everybody that I that I chat to and I get so many different uh yeah. varying pieces and stuff like that. Um, the one that I, uh, um, why I'm glad I'm posing it to you here is because, um, because of your experience, uh, you, you know, your relative experience in, in, in multiple different uh, spots here. I mean, uh, help desk system support systems, admin information technology manager, you've been in the thick of it, uh, more so than actually, uh, um, you know, a a, a CIO, or an IT director would be at some in some cases, and I actually really like this uh, because you're 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 seeing the ins and outs, as you mentioned too. I mean, it's like, hey, if I need to go, you know, you know, uh, place a keyboard, I'll go replace a keyboard. It is what it is. Let's just get this, you yeah. know, keep moving. In the thick of it, what are you seeing, and what are the trends? What are what are, what are we going to be expecting? Uh, you know, uh, several years ahead of us from now. Ooh, I have a. Maybe a a different viewpoint on this. I definitely see quality and standards going down, and I don't like that. I see I see a lot of young people with less training, less want, less aptitude, um, less standards of their own, and it's it's hard to find people that that have that want anymore. I think that people that want to. You know, I know it's the wrong word, but you know that people pleaser to make that extra step to to really 
put that time into themselves sometimes. You know, you have to be your own biggest proponent. And I think a lot of people think someone's going to do it for me. And that's not the case. Um, I do a lot of stuff. And sometimes I don't think I'm going to get the pat on the back. But it's like, I did it for me. You know, I didn't Mm -hmm. do it for them. So I see, I'm concerned with a lot of stuff, you know, just, you know, people being good at one one sliver of something and thinking that's all it takes. And it's, that's not it. There's so much more to this. And to me, relying on, on vendors, on MSPs and not really reading the fine print and the SLAs and um, getting people put in bad positions. Uh, I, it's, it's worrisome on some level. Uh, I don't see a lot of other people like wanting to put in the time and to be a mentor or to push themselves. You know, I, Early in my career, you know, I, I would see the higher ups going to an event, and the only reason they were going to the event was because the vendor paid for it and took them, you know, to the ball game or to a meal. And I was just like, "Well, what'd you guys learn about this?" Like, "Oh, I don't know." And I was like, "Oh, really?" And so to me, it was like I wanted to go because I might not need that system now. I might not need that application now. Maybe I can relay it to someone else, or maybe I'll need it or want to look at it in the future. That's part of going, but then also, yeah, to have a little fun into network. So I really put that time in outside of work for myself too. And it's just, I don't see that happening a lot. You know, I run a local group and we have supposedly 800 members, but I get a struggle after COVID to get, you know, 20 to show up. You know, before COVID, we were, we were growing it and pushing it to the 40s and 50s. But, you know, it's, it's a whole different mentality now. That whole work from home thing, people just want to stay, stay in their bubble now. Nobody goes out. So it's, to me, it's a whole different thing. and. I'd love to see a change. I'd love to see people with that drive. Like, great, you know, lead, follow, or get out of the way. And if they want to follow me, great. I'll lead them. If they want to lead, great. I'll follow you. Like, let's, let's do this. But it's hard to see that it's getting fewer and far. He, he has thrown a dystopian wrench into the uh, uh, IT crystal ball and shattered it. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, I actually, I actually uh, love that you painted that picture Uh, because um, the great thing about the future is it's a what if Uh, it hasn't happened yet. Um, And if we uh, just like we were talking about earlier, if we think about what could go wrong and what things could go uh, happen, uh, beforehand, it gives us a chance to change it. It gives us a chance to uh, invest and in, uh, you know our time, our efforts into being mentors, into sharing our knowledge and sharing our insights, and um, uh, you know giving back uh, um, to these efforts um, and uh, coming up and joining podcasts like this and sharing your message out to our listeners so that they can. Uh, help make changes as well in, in this. I, I I think that's huge. That's a big uh, a big deal. So, um, it's uh it's a well deserved dystopian wrench that you threw at us today. Uh, I enjoy I enjoy hearing that because that means that I have a a chance, and so do our listeners do to turn around and change that and and yeah. and and you know promote uh um you know a, a more people centric uh, view of customer service uh um promote uh documentation and standards and quality um promote a uh security and adhering to these standards that you all these things that you mentioned on this podcast are extremely vital and important to the future of IT so yeah. i mean 
uh, you know, uh, hats off to you for that answer because it is the most unique answer I have had on this podcast since I started. <laughs> well, I'm going to keep doing pushing. It. I'm going to keep, you know, I'm going to uh, until someone wants to get in front of me. I'm going to keep trying to go in front and, and lead. And you know, I don't want to leave people in the dirt. I want to bring people along. You know, the it's corny. The rising tide, you know, lifts all boats. You know, there's enough of it out here for all of us. We can all do well. We can all be doing great. Um, and in the end, like I, I always tell like my team and stuff, like when we get through and get all this stuff done and we get this environment, you know, just hammered down and on cruise control, like that's when we get to a point where we're getting, now we get to explore. Now we get to really find like those, those business cases where let's, let's solve a problem. Let's find something that isn't a problem and, and make it better. And just, you know, not in a, a way that costs money, but in a way, and, and not necessarily it wasn't a problem, but it's a business use, a business case, and right. just making it real streamlined and, and just really let's get, let's get past the reactive and into the proactive so we get some yeah. work. Right. Stop firefighting. Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Nerds, uh, this has been Michael Moore, host of this uh, podcast for Dissecting Popular IT Nerds. Um, and it's been, uh, been here with Matt Huffman, also known as Huff, uh, information, information Technology Manager at Reinders Incorporated, uh, nothing to do with reindeers. Matt, no. thank you so much for joining and uh, really appreciate you having on the program. Thanks. I just want to give a shout out to the alumni. They know who they are. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Have a good one. Thank you. Appreciate it.